we welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor, challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Job chapter 3, I want to read from the NLT. Job chapter 3. Job chapter 3. I don't have a message. Yeah. I'm just, you know, have a few thoughts in my head. I'd like us to talk. I don't know how the talk is going to start, but let, let's, let's go from Job chapter 3. From verse 1. You know how Job 1 starts, right? As a man in the land of Oz, Job making all the earth, none like him. He was blessed. He had sons and daughters. And one day, I think it's chapter 4, verse 4 or 5. One day, sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came with them. I like it. I like it. And God noticed Satan and God opened the conversation with Satan. Satan, how far? What's happening? How market? And Satan responds to his master and says, market is going, you know, to and fro. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? In other words, you cannot say you are doing well if you didn't notice Job. How can you say you're going to and fro in the earth, seeing what's going on, and you have not noticed Job? What's wrong with you? Oh, I noticed him, but I couldn't do anything because you didn't give me permission. Did you not set a hedge of protection around him? Remove the hedge. Let me touch him and let us see if he'll be faithful to you. And God says, yeah, well, go on. Have fun with him. Just don't kill him. And Satan goes for the jugular because he's been waiting for permission. He has had the memo. He had Job's file. That's why as soon as God said to him, have you considered my servant Job? His response was, have you not placed a hedge? Job 1.6, I think. 7. Some people don't trust message. Give us King James. King Jimmy. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? Watch this. A perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and about his house and about all that he had on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will cause you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. So contrary to all the times, and I'm going ahead of myself now, where they have convinced you that your problems are from the village, the witchcraft in your father's village. Satan reminded God that God was the source of Job's blessing. And God said, okay, take the blessing. Let us see if Job truly does serve me for nothing. And Satan gets to work. Because he had Job's file all along. See Job's response from Job chapter 3 and verse 1. And that's where a lot of us are today. I want us to talk about it. If we can. Job chapter 3 verse 1. 
NLT would help. At last, Job spoke after his friends had spoken, you know, and he cursed the day of his birth. He said, let the day of my birth be erased and the night I was conceived. Let that day be turned to darkness. Let it be lost even to God on high. Let no light shine on it. Let the darkness and utter gloom claim the day for its own. Let a black cloud overshadow it and let the darkness terrify it. Let that night be blotted off the calendar. Never again to be counted among the days of the year. Never again to appear among the months. Let that night be childless. Let it have no joy. Let those who are experts at cursing, whose cursing can rouse Leviathan, that's the serpent. Let those expert cursers curse that day. I'm sure some peoples and some churches are coming to your mind. Yeah. Those who are experts at cursing. Let its morning stars remain dark. Let it hope for light but in vain. May it never see the morning light. Curse that day for failing to shut my mother's womb. For letting me be born in to see all this trouble. Why wasn't I born dead? Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? Why was I laid on my mother's laps? Why did she nurse me at her breast? Had I died at birth, I would now be at peace. I would be asleep and at rest. I would rest with the world's kings and prime ministers whose great buildings now lie in ruins. I would rest with princes rich in gold whose palaces were filled with silver. Why wasn't I buried like a stillborn child? Like a baby who never lives to see the light. For in death, the wicked cause no trouble and the weary are at rest. Even captives are at ease in death with no guards to curse them. Rich and poor are both there and a slave is free from his master. Oh, why give light to those in misery and life to those who are bitter? They long for death and it won't come. They search for death more eagerly than for hidden treasure. They are filled with joy when they finally die and they rejoice when they find the grave. Why is life given to those with no future? To those God has surrounded with difficulties. I cannot eat for sighing. My groans pour out like water. What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Only troubles come. That was Job's disposition. Go back to Job chapter 1 and verse 10. Job 1.10 You have always put a wall of protection around him. Go back to 8. I think 8 or 9. Yes, 8. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. As soon as Job's security was touched, Job manifested. And there's some of us here, in fact, there's a lot of people out there for the few of us who are here. 
people cannot deal with a God that inflicts pain. There's a lot of people out there who the stumbling block between them and believing is that if there is God, why is all this nonsense and chaos and commotion around? That's the major stumbling block. Why, why, why there's God? Why is all the confusion? Why is all the why did my mother die? Why did my son die? And whether we like it or not, it's an elephant in the room. You know what that phrase means? I mean, there's no way an elephant could be in the room and we don't see it. Except we don't want to see it. That's what the phrase means. And so whether we like it or not, it's an elephant in the room. And I think it's wise to deal with it at this point. What happens in death when the Lord tells us to not mourn as those without a hope? What happens in death if the Lord says that... um, Maybe I should show you guys the scripture. Psalm 116 verse 15, I think it is. Yes, look at that. Scroll through translations. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I think you get the point. And for somebody here, the one thing that is in the way of your full yieldedness to the Spirit is that your father died. Or that your mother died. Or that your sister died. Or your son died. Your child died. So like Job, we start to manifest. What am I on earth for? Has anybody asked that question before? Good. If you have asked that question, lift your hand. Awesome. Why am I still here? Can I not just sleep and not wake up? What's the point of all this struggle? Now come and be singing, God is faithful. You're a good, good father. Perfect in all of your ways. You see, that's why we sing songs that have no bearing in our lives because we have not allowed the doctrine behind those songs to influence our position. And then of us, we're like, God, what, what is this? So we start to throw up kick up manifest like Job let the expert cursors professional curse casters as Balak looked for in Balaam is there any professional curse caster come and cast a curse on the day I was born why, 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 why do we have life with bitterness and life with grief? We get to that point where you're like, God, no, well, hold on, why am I even talking? God, who is he? Where is he? Where, where were you 
when my rapist had control over me? Where were you when I screamed for help? And no one, I was in a compound. I screamed, I shouted, I kicked, I fought, I was dragged on the floor. I was showed a knife. And this goes both ways. Because there's men here who have been abused as well. Of course, we don't talk about it. It's a taboo. Don't go there. Don't mention it. And in those times, you're like, God, where were you when the arm robber pointed a gun in my face? And whether we like it or not, these are the things that determine the richness of our walk with God. You must confront your beef with God to have a healthy relationship with him. But you see, we have made church religion into opium, sedative, weed, just get you high enough to forget your problem. And then you go and as begins to wild, wild off and it begins to look like you are getting sense of yourself, we organize seven days program to get you soaked up in it again. So all we are doing is giving you morphine. Intravenously, orally, tablet wise. Morphine, morphine padded with motivational speech. And where it gets too tough and you ask him too many questions, we turn the guilt on you. It was your sin. Something is not right in your life. And a lot of us, even in this room, even in our worship, even in our understanding of sonship, we have major beef with God. Vector and MI, child's play. And if you would not get to the point where you will confront that beef, you cannot have a robust relationship with him. That's why the moment being a worker is taken away from you. The moment being in the choir is removed from you. Most of you do not know what to do with yourself. So we keep you occupied. Workers meeting. Ministers meeting. Prayer meeting. Women's meeting. Men's meeting. Revival. After revival conference. After conference convention. After convention seminar. Have you noticed? After a while you don't know which one is the major one. Which one is the minor one. Because if it just comes one after the other. You are giving for it. You are preparing for it. You are sowing for it. You are pledging for it. You are making uniform for it. You are preparing to sing for it. You are preparing to dance for it. You are preparing to recite for it. You are preparing to pray for it. And we just keep you sedated enough to not ask any questions and because we do that it now puts those in authority in a position to exploit your vulnerability that's why a prophet will tell you to do something that otherwise you will not do if your head was correct come into my office take your clothes off let me rub oil all over you and you went to school you are educated you have the fear of God you know you are a son of God but because you have been cornered into a place where you have been padded with so much morphine, your senses are deadened. And so the predators can take advantage. So we are stirring the hornet's nest so that somebody can let it go or stop being a believer. It's not by force. We either get to the crux of it where we understand that we are sons of God by virtue of understanding, not by virtue of fear or coercion. 
Not that we are here because if the trumpet sounds, we don't want to go to hell. That is not enough reason to be a son of God. Fear has never kept anyone in the faith. Fear has never kept anyone in the faith. You must get to the point where you confront your beef. You know what? Are you there? Am I here? Do we have a thing? Or do we not have a thing? If you are there and I'm here and we have a thing, why is all this happening to me? Paul says that those things in the Old Testament are written to us, unto us as for examples. That's why I read you Job's encounter in chapter 3. And so you know now that Job's encounter was not unique to him. So you know that every now and then we are going through our Job experiences. So for somebody today, this is the end of the road or the beginning of the road. Because I've learned over time that some people I'm struggling with in ministry is because of unresolved issues between them and God that has nothing to do with me or the church. You will transmit the energy of your past into the life of your present. And once you do that, you have corrupted our corporate future. I repeat, you transmit the energy of your past into the life of your present. So everybody around you, if you have been messed up by guys, every guy around you is a suspect. And so your brothers come this far but no further. And so you have issues. Intercourse it's, is strange, even between married couples. Because there's unresolved issues. The guy grew up getting his jerk-offs on pornography. So he's with his wife. They are both believers, but he treats her like a porn star. You married a beautiful sister in the Lord, but you actually want a porn star in the bedroom. Why didn't you go and marry one? And a sister has a hard time responding to the husband of her youth because her sexuality got twisted and messed up. Wrong time, wrong place, wrong, wrong reason, wrong result. And where was God in the midst of that? So when we tell you to give, you can't give because you and God have a beef, whether you know it or not. Pray in the spirit. There's an, there's an elephant in the room. And we have to deal with it. So that we know if we are believers by virtue of what we believe or we are not. And if the stumbling block is the beef then let's deal with the beef and make sense of it. Or not. Because it has to make sense. If not before the fact after the fact. Otherwise, take us no further. Are you still here? Because you see, son of God, my darling, your work with God has to be real to you. This razmatas, kuriakos, this gathering of church, this prayer cannot sustain your work with God. Don't let any pastor deceive you. 
praise, worship and prayer and all of that cannot be the basis of your engagement with God. It will not last. So may I have come to the point where I, we, we got to keep it real. We have to keep it real. It's people that have no answer that tell you to not question God. Because they can't explain to you what you're going through. But we question God and give him through his word a chance to respond. The issue therefore is not questioning God. Is Are you ready for his answer? Because I'm sorry my darling, his answer may not rock your boat. His answer may not be what you like. In fact, for the most part, I can double guarantee you that his answer will not be what you like. So the question is, we are praying and he, we ask a question, he answers and we keep praying and asking. Because that answer is not what we want to hear. So we keep on praying. Because we want to hear something. So we already approach God from a predisposed mindset. Let your will be done. It's not exactly let your will be done. It's let my will be done and let it find favor in your will. I remember the day I stopped having a particular beef with God. It was, I was in my apartment. I'd moved out of a large house I was in in London. I moved out of London to Southeast. Small apartment. In fact, when I was leaving that place, I went into the manhole. I wrote clearly with marker, Alexander Victor was here. Because so much happened in that apartment. And um, I, I I was going through a very tough time ministerially. There was so much demand on me. So much demand on me. And I got back one day from a meeting. I think we had gone to Wales. I used to do some mad things. We would drive from England to Wales or Scotland by road with the bus and do ministry and come back and be abused, misused, disused. Shattered, battered, tattered. I got back and I, I lay down on my floor and I said, but God, man, what kind of person are you that you didn't use personal? And I was angry. You you travel not in Nigeria, in overseas. You carry a bus full of people and go and do ministry, and they'll give you a 60 pounds check that bounces. What kind of person are you? You, You're such a user. Just use people and use people and drive them, and they're left with nothing. Just use. And at that point, you want to hear, my daughter, my daughter, be at peace. I am your exceeding great reward. And God said to me, and I heard him clearly, and I've not said anything about that subject till today. God said, wait a second, son. Are you not the one that, as you were growing up, kept praying, Lord, use me? T. 
Till today, man of God, I have not answered God that question. Till today, that conversation is still open-ended. Till we see face to face in the day of the Lord, I'm not going to answer it. I heard him clearly. But are you not the one that kept praying and crying? And saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. And as soon as I heard that, I kept my mouth quiet till today. I've had multiple conversations with God. We have not gone back to that one. So it's not that God is not answering. It's that you're not probably inclined to the answer he's giving. And so before I pray some prayers, I find out the will of the Father. And it's tough. What is his will? Somebody said to me, but doesn't the Bible says that whatever you ask in my name, you shall have? I said, yes. But doesn't it also say that whatever you ask the Father in my name according to my will? Jesus said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of he who sent me. Jesus did not fancy dying. Three installments of intercessory prayer to not die. Has anybody ever thought about it? With disciples sleeping. And three times what was his prayer? Which cup? And three times what did he, what did he conclude? Nevertheless, not my will. And that was Jesus. That is why he is called a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, having been tempted in every way. He knew what it felt to be afraid or to not want to die. And that's Jesus, 100% God. 100% man. And so we pray. What is his will? So you came across the scripture. Some of them have popped up already. There's one in my spirit. That is very interesting because we quote the happy part. And we have never gone on slightly a few verses ahead of it. To get the fullness of it. I said, I can't remember where I said that. If it was here, if it was in a meeting, or if it was, I can't remember where I said it now. I said that the reason, the, most times people will discredit, attack to discredit. I think there was a conversation with you. That people will attack to discredit the word. No, it was not. It was not. It was in the second service, Word and Life. Outside. Second service. If you know, you know. Word and Life, second service. Last week, we closed at midnight, 11.30 something like that last week Tuesday almost 12 midnight the previous Tuesday we closed about just before 11 o'clock in second service hallelujah 
And I said, because they cannot discredit the message, they will try to discredit the messenger or the source. That's why people attack the Bible and say the Bible has errors. They attack, they, they attack the veracity of scripture, the authenticity of scripture, the accuracy of scripture, the clarity of scripture, the sufficiency of scripture because if we can successfully discredit the bible we discredit that the bible says what it says then we can successfully discredit who your bible points you to so since we don't have a way of, of attacking your god because your god is as described by your bible we therefore discredit your bible because once we successfully plant a doubt in your heart about the authenticity of your bible then we have planted a thought in your heart concerning the authenticity of your god as described by your bible Paul said all scripture is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly complete, furnished unto every good work and then you come later. The Bible was written by over 40 authors over a period of 1,400 years. It wasn't let us sit down and compile a book that the world will read for all eternity. None of them ever met besides the bleed between Luke who was a companion of Jesus and a companion of Paul. Are you following me? And Jude, who was one of the people who hung around Jesus as his brother, and James, who was the brother of Jesus, who was numbered along with him. Otherwise, there is no interlap between the prophets. Isaiah wasn't there when David wrote. David wasn't there when Isaiah wrote. And David and Isaiah wrote about the same Messiah in ways that came to pass. Muhammad ain't got nothing on that. Are you following me tonight? So that's why they will attack the Bible. Yeah, but it says here, it says one man, blind man here. It says two blind men here. And, and, and we need to pick on the errors of dissemination. And we make them errors of truth. We pick on errors of translation. And we make them errors of doctrine. But we know that God is real. For Romans chapter 1 says that from creation his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Look for it Romans chapter 1. Is it helping anybody here at all? Romans chapter 1 because the basis of even of settling our beef with God is agreeing and arriving at a consensus that that God actually does exist. 20. Let's go from, yeah, okay, 19 just for context. 19. Because what may be of may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So even unbelievers know God. Even unbelievers know God. I wrote in my book Why We Worship. I, I've withdrawn it from circulation. I will bring it back into circulation when the Lord allows me to capture a bit of where I am along in my journey. I wrote that the actual attack against the, the authenticity of God is driven by the knowledge of the existence of God. Yes, yes. We will do ontology very soon. The study of God. Maybe in DSTP at some point. It is the actual because something has to exist either in literal sense or even in a vacuum for you to want to disprove its existence. So the mere fact that the concept of God is attacked gives veracity to his existence. For God has shown it to them. What is the time? I can't see his clock at all. 
Maybe I'm not supposed to see it. I repent. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Who are the day? Verse 18. 18 tells you who the day are. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So the ungodly and the unrighteous. At the context here. Go on. Because although these unrighteous and ungodly people did not, they knew God. Emoji, you know what is beautiful? That what makes a believer a believer and an unbeliever an unbeliever is God. God is the reason you believe. God is the reason you don't believe. Because the constant is God. So in your saying I am an unbeliever you are testifying to a God that you just do not believe. one in the beginning God stop first why are you in a hurry to go to created the heavens and the earth you don't have insight you don't have revelation where are you hurrying to Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth no, no in the beginning God that is why there could be a creation Darwin's theory of evolution there was a big atomic reaction who banged the bang into existence because you are you not the one that proposed the law of cause and effect was a butterfly born a butterfly when God declared it what did God declare butterfly be not lava be not pupa, B. Not cocoon, B. He said butterfly, B. But butterfly had to come through its process to become what was declared. So even in the postulation of the theory of evolution, they are verifying the sovereign existence of God. Glorify him as God. 
nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Go back to 21. Switch to the NLT. Go back to verse 18. Let's go from 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people, right? Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Go on. Through everything God made, they can, somebody say clearly, clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature so they have no excuse for not knowing God 21 yes they knew God but they wouldn't worship him as God he, he, he can do his thing it's alright but not, not that he's God enough to demand and therefore deserve my worship or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their mind became dark and confused. I've said over and over, I wrote it in that same book, I said the beginning of every false religion is at the point where a man begins to look for a deity outside God. Every false religion begins by not being comfortable that God is who he says he is. That's why men end up worshipping creatures. I wrote in the book, you cannot worship yourself. I, we talked about it in, in, in worship dynamics. You cannot worship your equal. And you cannot worship anything less than you. You cannot worship a fellow creation like you. You cannot worship what you created. And you cannot worship a creation less than you. You can't worship animals, for instance. You can't put together a wooden or stone and worship it. And you can't worship a fellow man. That leaves only one being deserving of your worship. Put the scripture back. Or give him thanks. Go on. And we began to think of foolish ideas of who God was like. As a result, their minds became darkened and confused. So you see, God is a constant. And the Bible cannot be discredited. It cannot. Does he have errors? Yes. That's why you must learn to study the word, word for yourself. Oh, all this thing. Greek. Everything is Greek. Everything is Hebrew. You sit down there. Sit down there. The Bible was not written in English. So when you want to understand the meaning of something, you don't go to Google. You don't go to Merriam-Webster. You don't go to freedictionary.com. You don't go to Oxford to understand the meaning of what is in Scripture. You consult the language in which Scripture was written. Otherwise, you'll be falling over yourself. It says flesh in one verse, and it means sin. It says flesh in the next verse, and it means your nature. But English says flesh. So the Bible has errors. Because it was written by men who were inspired. 
but I dare say it wasn't always translated by men who were inspired. So we separate the inspiration of the text from the error of its translation. I'm taking time to lay this foundation because the answer to why you are in what you are in is in the word. Because this beef is with you and God. Are we clear? And it is okay. Tell your neighbor it's okay. Yeah, it's alright. It's okay. So let's establish that this God is who he is. And his word is what tells us that he is who he is. Right? Prophecies, I mean, I'm not going to go into that today. The word has self-fulfilled time and time and time and time again. The word has said what it has said and it has been proven to be true. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. Regardless of what the translators got wrong. And that word says there is God. And it says that all creation is attributed to him. Hello. So now we know that there is a real person we have beef with. It's not, is there God? We just answered that question. Whether you are a fan of that God right now or not. Just like I said to you that the constant is God. Whether you believe God or you disbelieve God. The constant is God. Are we together? So now we have answered the question of is there God? Yes, there is God. The impatience Jonathan said so. There is God. And the church say, you can disregard it to your own peril. Hence, this writer says, the fool says in his heart that there is no God. Further down Romans 1, it says, professing to be wise, they became fools. It is foolish to doubt the existence of the reason for your existence. So you just came to be. Eh? Boom! And you happened. I did not come from apes. You want to claim it for your lineage? No wonder you act like baboons and orangutans. I, I am the image of God. That's right. I did not evolve to become his image. I never thought like a baboon. I never ate like an orangutan. I never beat my chest like a chimpanzee. I never stole or pilfer like a monkey. I came in the image and nature of God because he said, let us now make man in our image. And that's good enough for me. It's good enough for me. That's so why we act like animals. Because we think we came from them. Hence we have that scientific jargon. Our animalistic instinct. Which animal? I thought you have the mind of Christ. So you have the mind of Christ sat snug side by side in the same room with animal instinct. I celebrate you. why you must be careful Holy Spirit I do, this thing might not end today the session I look at the time you must be careful what you subscribe to as a child of God yes, 
astrology, zodiac signs. I'm a cancer. What's wrong with you? I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Leo. Leo is nice now. He's lion. Continue. I'm a sanguine. I, 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 I'm phlegmatic. That's how we come. I, that's his follow come temperament. A, a choleric. I am melancholic. Who said? Fortune is your own making, sir. We are addressing the beef small, small, smallly by small, smallly. I'm a sanguine. Sanguines are like this. I'm melancholic. Melancholy are like this. Can you see your life? How melancholic it is. Your finances are phlegmatic in nature. Your relationships are sanguinant in nature. There's no level of depth or stability to it. Because you profess you are sanguine. Your work with God, your mindset is choleric. Your emotions are flippant and erratic. Because you believe you are choleric. A man like you sat down and redefined the image of God and you bought it. And you say you serve God? man like you sat down redefined who you are sold it to you you bought it a man sat down like you and observed the stars and said cancers are like this and capricorns are like that and leos are like that and he consults familiar spirits of the galaxies and downloads patterns and assigns them to you and you are proud in it at the same time you say I am the righteousness of God in Christ that's why your life is so messed up so messed up whose report are you believing so I didn't come from no I don't know you, you are entitled to your entitlement eh, think what you like that's your business I don't have to subscribe to what you like you're a man like me and you, you we have a problem you have no insight sir you don't even know what it means because professing to be wise you see that's why it's important that you must be properly schooled in this truth so you can sit and talk with an atheist an agnostic an evolution theorist and be able to stand your ground because we have the advantage we just don't know how to play that card so when life deals you a reckless blow you begin to doubt because you're not even sure you have not settled the question in your mind about the existence of God. That's why I'm taking time to deal with that. Because he is real. For without faith, Hebrews 11, 6, it is impossible to please God. For he that must come to God must believe that he is. Comma. And on account of that, that he is a rewarder. You can't be seeking the hand of God if you have not come into contact with the existence of God. The hand of God should move. If when the going was good, you say to God be the glory. And then the going was bad. Where is God? That's a Job outlook. Is that not so? That's a Job outlook. 
So yes, God exists. His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Clearly. So that's answer number one. There is God. Answer number two. Where was he? Tega. Innocent. Stanley. Where was he? What was he doing? Why can this nonsense happen? Why did I have to go through what I went through? It cannot possibly be God. There is nothing you can tell me to convince me that God knew I was going to be raped and let it happen. You see, that's where the beef gets very thick. And like I said, it's okay. It's genuine beef. You mean he let it happen? Could I have afforded in some instances to not be raped? Yes. There were times you were warned and you said, I know what I'm doing. There were times. There were times you were going and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said, don't go. You were in a place and the Holy Spirit said, get up, go, now. There are some testimonies and praise reports I don't want to give. I don't need to be delivered last minute from trouble to testify that God is good. I can hear his spirit to stay take me out of trouble before the fact because God is good. That way when I am in trouble, I will come to that in a bit, I begin to find the purpose in it because it's either I disobeyed and entered this trouble or this trouble has my name on it. some punches you give God some uppercut you give God you begin to collect back not all no, it's, it's beef now it's ongoing it's ongoing you begin to collect some back because when am I jabbed Vector this last one in Viper oh I felt sorry for Vector he now came with Judas the rat that didn't make any sense at all he should not have said anything because he was beat down to the ground. So our beef with God is not over. No, 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 it's not over. But let's make progress. Let's, let's, let's acknowledge the one that God did and did not do. That's, that's, that's the only honest way we can walk our way through this. Does that make sense now? So God, are you real? Yes, we have agreed that you're real. We are still mad at you. In fact, the realer you are, the matter I am about this issue because I would have been I would have even felt better if I had put my faith in a concept that wasn't real do you understand what we're dealing with tonight I would have been able to forgive myself if, if, if I found out that you don't you don't exist because then I've made sense I'm putting my hope in something that is not there but you are there no no this beef has taken a whole other level 
So you mean you were there when I was going through my misfortune? You were there when they said I have sickle cell? You were there when they said I'm HIV positive? You were there when I was being raped, when I was being abused? You were there when I was made to drop out of school? You were there when they took up my family's land? Then the beef just got real. And come Lord, you are the one I used to tell people, come let us reason together. No, now me, we're telling you God, come. Let's reason the matter. Because I'm a son, God damn it. Did you hear me? I have rights. Can I approach my father? Don't shut me up. I ain't a servant. I'm a son. I don't feel like it and that's the bone of this contention. That's the bone of this contention. You were there when that happened? You were watching? And, and before we go there, it's time you, you, you took back the jobs. What you said that you shouldn't have said because now you are beginning to realize that some of it was your own making. There were times when the Lord said, do not go. Do you understand? It's not time to start praying in the spirit to cause that river of darkness to lift. At that point, you are praying against God. What's wrong with you? Who are you binding? I threw up a concept with Debbie that night. I said, when a believer dies, and precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints and he bound him that has the power of sin and death so now if any death happens God willed it because he has the power of death that last enemy that he spoiled so when you start praying for somebody that died to resurrect who are you praying against no I didn't say your answer If you are praying against Satan because you want somebody to come out to life, that spirit of death, is Satan still in control of death? Because if Satan is in control of death, I have a problem with God. I have a major problem with God. If he can be God and my father and Satan can pass inside God and kill me, so that we now have to start to pray to him to repair what Satan did. No, no, I can't deal. I ain't gonna deal. I have a major problem with that version of God. a major problem with that version of God so you see we need to straighten our understanding of us and God moving forward there's too much pain in the body this is not what Christ died for no 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 there's too much pain there's too much weight there's too much heaviness in the body we are all going and praying in tongues and, and, but there's pain there's pain there's pain there's, there's pain there's unresolved issues 
the stuff you labored for and it flushed down the drain. You can't cry. You can't cry. Why not? Scripture says I should cry. I should just cry with hope. So you can't cry with me because you don't know how it feels. Then leave me alone. Be strong if you are crying. What will your younger ones do? Let them die. Oh, your mother, if your mother now see you like this, how will she be? Who would draw who will you draw strength from? Excuse me. And a lot of you here lost loved ones you have not grieved because the church and the tradition stood in your way. On behalf of the church, on behalf of the elders and the tradition, I accept my deepest apologies. I stand in the gap for all of us who stood in the way and messed up your grieving process. If we could not cry with you, the least we could have done is let you feel the pain of your loss and not make you feel guilty for it. So people are going around and wearing made-up smiles. Because there's no settlement. It's like chords that are played and were suspended and not resolved. And you're waiting because you know there's one more chord and you're waiting for the formation of those notes that have to end it. And as much as you strain your ear to hear that symphony, it is not being sounded because somebody switched off the PA. Somebody deadened you to what you ought to have heard to bring a tetelestai to what you are dealing with. was something that was your making. There was something. There was something you should have done. There was something you disobeyed. God warned you about that boy. God warned you about that girl. He warned you about that city. He warned you about that job. But because he's God and he's not a taskmaster, he will not stop you from going. He will let you go and he will love you through it. So there are times where God knew that he could have done what he should have done without what you got into. But he knows you will get into it anyway so he's there in it with you. Then you begin to appreciate how God could be with you in your mess. So there's some mess that he did not drive you into. But he was there with you nonetheless. How could you be? Imagine a father watching his daughter being raped. Or a man watching his wife being raped. Helpless to do something. Like God, he could have done something. And for somebody, God is saying, I did something. I was there with you. And if you are in that situation, take back the blows you gave God. And that leaves the blow of, how about the one that's not my fault? That's the one that's my fault. I've done everything you've asked, to the best of my knowledge. I prayed. I fasted and almost died. I 
gave fresh fruit and fasted for 21 days for you to heal my sister. Two days after the end of 21 days, she died. How can that be you? God is real, eh? We know he's real. His word says he's real. So we believe his word. Romans chapter 5. Verse 1. We all know this verse. Beautiful verse. Causes us to dance always. Hello. Yes or no? Therefore, we've been justified by faith. We now have peace through God, with God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice there's a comma there. Go back. Go on. This Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and through whom we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Next verse. And not only are we justified by faith and now we have peace through God and then through whom we, by faith we have access into the grace that we now stand. Not only that. But then we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not make us ashamed. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us full stop. Five verses single thought being justified by faith we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord through whom we now have access by faith into the grace in which we now stand and not only that we glory in tribulation not too far away from justification is a process called tribulation. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You put a full stop where he didn't put a full stop. develop endurance next verse and endurance develops strength 
of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. The God you could lay hold of and trust in your trial is the God you serve. Not the God who gave you a job because you wanted one. A 419 Yahoo scammer can do those things and they ask you how market you say brother to God be the glory. True or false? David, how you doing? I heard your mother just died. To God be the glory. And that's a tough one. Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character strengthens hope of your salvation. So you are shifty because your faith has not been tried. Hear Nelson speak and said he realized how strong he was. A strength that I'm sorry would not have come otherwise. So there is a gender for mom who is being healed just not the way you wanted it. And trust me she would have it no other way. Most times you are praying have you considered that the person who has tasted the glory of the afterlife will not have any reason to come back here as he crossed your head before? Haven't you noticed that it's only the ones that went to hell and saw it that come back? They come back quickly. They were gone for one hour. They will tell you that they were gone for two years. Have you heard their testimonies before? Say you were there. It was night after night after night. It was one month. It was years. Um, yes, when they came back, it was only one hour. That's because of how hot it was. It felt like eternity. Came back quick. And every time you come back, you convince us God gave you an assignment. Go and warn my people. That God, again, I have a problem with that version of God. Because Abraham in that analogy told the rich man, no one can go from here to there to tell you any gospel. They have the law and the prophets. Sir, God is not a man that he should lie. But the son of man, I should change his mind. Don't give me that nonsense about God sending you back from hell to preach the gospel. And some of us you cannot scam. The gospel has never, is never, and will never come from hell. Yes. Or else it is not the gospel. The evangelion, the good news, cannot come from a bad place. I'm a son of the God who gives me eternal security beyond probability. I see that I don't waste my data on that nonsense. It's stupidity. God sent you back from hell to come and tell us, come and warn us. If you love Jesus, share this to 10 
Because if he loads by mistake, that's my data gone. They always come back from hell. They never come back from heaven. If God is sending them back, they'll say, God, I'm not going. Ah, see mansion. See gold. See how materialistic we are. You want to make heaven because the streets are made of gold. Because you have mansion. Tribulation produces perseverance. Tell your neighbor, hold their hand and tell them, go through, go through, go through. Go through. Go through. Go through. Go through. Go through. Go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they may worship me. And because God does not need to travel at the time he tells Moses he's behind Pharaoh don't let them go after all that's what you want to do in your heart so God hardening Pharaoh's heart was God leveraging on Pharaoh's intent because of his sovereignty God knew so because God knew Pharaoh's heart God used it to his advantage Otherwise, Joseph would not be justified to look at his brothers and say, you meant it for evil, but God. So he knew that a Pharaoh will arise who knew not Joseph. Why didn't he take them out before that Pharaoh came? And the guys, when the Pharaoh came in was when Israel began to burn Peking. Go and read it. The man hugs his wife. She's pregnant. <laughs> boom, bam, boom, 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 bam, 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 bam. Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. What the hell is going on? Is the Hebrews, they are multiplying. They'll become a massive people. They'll take us over. Double their workload. Give them less raw materials. Have you read the story? Let them suffer. They will have no time to be making babies. In fact, kill every male child two years and below. Control the population. And God was there watching innocent children being killed. But while you see it as children being killed, it was just a recall exercise. He was just recalling them home. He gave them. He's just recalling them. Blood flowed. He just recalled them. Because there was poppers in the pain. There was purpose in the pain. The next time it happens, we understand why it happened. Ah, so he was a type of Christ. Ah, it was. 
So yes, could you have afforded to not be raped? Yes. Could you have afforded to not have lung cancer? Perhaps. Did you do everything? Oh, I was not born with this. I was born HIV positive. What do you say to that? Who? Uh, hey, hey, come on. Hey, excuse me. Jesus, Master, Rabbi. This, this dude is, is born blind. There has to be a fault. It didn't start today. That mindset didn't start today. Something has to be wrong. Since we all agree that something is wrong, now let's establish where the wrong came from. Who sinned? His parents or him? Shocking response. Neither him nor his parents. That means that according to the law, the blind man was righteous. According to the law, which was enforced at the time, his parents were upright. But neither the uprightness of the man nor the righteousness of his parents could bring glory to God. Because glory to God is in the face of Jesus Christ. And these guys had no link to Jesus Christ. So their righteousness was filthy rags. So I have preserved this in righteousness according to the law. I have preserved his parents in righteousness according to the law so you can see the vanity of the law. And when glory comes, you can see that glory comes not according to the works of the law. Neither. But that the glory be of the Lord. So there's purpose in the pain and the purpose is glory. Really? Yes. Really. I don't see it. That's why you are not God. That's why you trust. you understand why as a house God has been hammering trust because that wall has to come down we understand the concept of trusting we haven't started practicing it don't deceive yourself how can it be David can it be David who sinned with Beersheba the son was sick David was fasting and praying flat on his face for that boy to be healed eh? the boy died David stopped praying washed his face, got dressed the Lord has done what he wants to do anybody think again all these new age people don't let them twist you with the other extreme of the gospel that they don't understand because they, they understand the love of God they haven't grasped the sovereignty of God so they struggle with it 
you turn God into a pet toy that you can manage. You put him in a cute box. That's why when he comes and stretches you, you revolt. Because you look in your box of God and the version of God you have doesn't accommodate what has just happened to you. Are you following me? You don't read Hebrews chapter 12 where it talks about a father chastising his son. The chastisement of God in his righteousness and love. Or you want to remove it from the New Testament. Or all of a sudden Hebrews 12 that talks about the passing of the old in chapters 7, 8, 9, 10 into now heroes of faith in 11. All of a sudden in chapter 12 he becomes Old Testament. Because that's, that's the only explanation. Did you get it? But in the preceding chapters, he just explained the passing away of a priesthood. And along with his priest, along with his law, and the bringing in of another. And he just moves on in chapter 12 and he's talking to you about the chastisement of God. And you say, no, that does not apply to us. Eh? But chapter 8, 9, 10 applies to you. You are a scammer. He will strain you that tribulation might produce perseverance. That perseverance might shape your character. There's some level of stuff you can hear God in before God finishes talking because you have paid a price in that department. Now when God says, do not go, you have sat down. Who am I talking about? Who am I talking about? No, don't sit. Go. But God, why was I born like this? Why was I born with HIV? Why was I born with sickle cell? Why was I born with tuberculosis? That the Lord may be glorified. There's somebody here that needs to stop praying for healing. And start basking in the glory. Because there's no better definition of glory than a person who ought to be dead at 16, still alive at 36 and 46 and 56 and 60, kicking and shining and smiling even when the doctor's report says you expired 45 years ago. Nothing showcases glory better. It is cheap. Hear me carefully and I speak prophetically by the Spirit of God. It is cheap for HIV positive to be converted to negative in a doctor's test. Because that testimony expires quickly enough. It's too quick. 30 years ago, I was HIV positive and now I'm negative. What's that? There's people who have taken antiretroviral medication and can say the same thing. 
Because me, I am a living sacrifice. A sacrifice starts off living, ends up dead. Me, I am a living dead thing. Every day I wake up, I have fresh life to give God. Because a sacrifice starts off living and ends up dead. You don't offer to God something that is dead. You offer it alive and it ends up dead in the process. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. How does it make sense to present myself as a living thing that is dead? So every day, you are giving fresh life so you can have something to offer. And every morning you wake up, it gives you fresh life so you can have something to kill. And every day, so you are never without a life to give God because every day he rejuvenates you. Get used to it and settle down and take your eyes off of what you say your problem is. And begin to let that problem stretch you out. Perseverance and that perseverance bring out character and let character strengthen your hope. It's, by now you know it's not a difficult thing for God to heal you. Oh, and he heals. We have seen so many of it in this house. So many, so many, so many, so many. God does amazing things. But when something happens and we declare and something happens and it doesn't line up. Father, what are you doing in this? Because you are in this. Romans 8.28 For we know that all things walk together for good to those who love God who are the called according to his purpose. NIV puts it in the original translation. NIV says for we know that in all things God works for the good of them that love him. I love it. For we know in all things God. In this death, God. In the sickness, God. In the abuse, God. In the heartbreak, God. In the unemployment, God. In the assurance you had this admission. You are just waiting for the result to come out. And it came out and everybody who did not deserve it got it. Except you. God. God. Yes. God. There's nothing that can be divorced from him. from place to place not having a place to call my own not, no, no, uh, uh, there is a perseverance being worked out it now behoves me to find it it now behoves me to lay hold of that for which I have been laid hold of it behoves me to see God what are you working in this because it's not random my father died my mother died and just before I had I could stand on my feet uncle whether you like it know it see it or not he just removed what would have been your sense of dependence and said to you, I am your exceeding grace reward. So guess what happened? God. But you could have waited for me to grow up. You could have waited for me to graduate from school. That is the reason why it happened. That is the character being formed by the perseverance being endured by the tribulation you are going through that is a result 
of your justification. God. So you mean you knew that was going to happen? Yes, I did. You let it happen? Yes, I did. Why? You wait and see. Because there are some bragging rights in God. If he is, if thanks be to God. Somebody read it tonight. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Who was that? Thanks be to God. Who? Who? Who causes us to triumph? Always and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. There is a level of bragging rights you will not have until you go through some tribulation that takes you through some perseverance, that sharpens your character, that enforces your hope. Some of you will not be where you were, where you are now, if not for that misfortune. I will not be here if my life went a slightly different way to the way it went. I will not. And we are in so much pain because we are insisting that whatever God must do, God must do it this way. You're so stereotyped so you are closed off to anything else God could possibly stretch you to do with you. And you put those around you in harm's way. You put those around you in harm's way when you make a God out of them. I am your exceeding great reward. And all he's doing is to bring you to the point where you can open your mouth and you can say in all things, God. In the armed robbery attack, God. In the violence, God. In the death, God. In the assault, God. I am not done with this, but I need to let you go. Those of you who are still here, but for somebody here tonight has been the redefining factor of your faith with God. I don't know who that person is. But it's tonight you have found peace with God. It's tonight you have come to the realization that it was you all along. My parents breaking up in the case of innocent who was gone. You? Yes. Him. James chapter 1 verse 2. NLT. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. You know how in, in, in Romans 5 it says we rejoice in tribulation. Is this helping anybody? An opportunity for great joy, verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance 
has a chance to grow. So when your faith is not tested, your endurance does not have a chance to grow. Verse 4 and the last verse. So let it grow. Say to yourself, let it grow. Say to yourself, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. A lady is not complete because she was never raped till she married. She's complete because she understands endurance had its full work. So with God, your virginity is overrated. God don't care nothing about your virginity. You see, these are the things that we say that they start to look at us funny. What trophy do you get because you married as a virgin? What's that? So you are more righteous than the person that did not marry as a virgin. That's idolatry. You have made your virginity your God. And be careful, you might lose it. The way you don't like careful because every other name will fade away mind what you're singing and some of you guys disdain a lady you slept with you this virgin 56 girls when you was time to marry you looked for a virgin and when you were even with someone and you realized she was not a virgin you you humiliated her when Joseph, who did not have the spirit of God, had enough common sense to say, I will put her away quietly. When he found out Mary was pregnant. You have married, Abby. Wait for it. Wait for it. So you see, it's not of works. Careful, don't overrate it. I'm a virgin. Am I insinuating immorality if you heard that something's wrong with you? If that's what you heard, something's wrong with you. But we're saying you cannot champion that as a card that gives you a score over somebody else. The new creation is not respecter of your botanical or biological status. That's tradition of Africa. So be careful what you hold there. Oh, I, I wish, I still wish I was a virgin. Virgin on this side. New creation on this side. Check it. Oh, I killed somebody. I was a cultist in school. I still cannot forgive myself. You, as you are now, did not kill anybody in school. The you that killed somebody in school is dead. He died with Christ. So let it go. The reason why you are struggling with your past is because your spirit is new, but your mind is the same. And you have not yet successfully renewed your mind so that your mind can line up to who you are now that has nothing to do with who you were. So you are confusing your spiritual perfection with your instable mind. And you think God also is looking at you like that. The problem is your spirit changed. Your mind did not. So now you have to renew your mind so it can look and reflect your spirit.
Once that happens, you realize you were never raped. You just have to reprogram your mind. When you move data from one folder to another and you open that folder project in an app, it tells you to redirect it to the path because it cannot see the data in the data path where you had initially saved it. You then need to point the software application to where you have kept the new information. That's what you have failed to do with your mind. Point your mind to your new creation reality. It loads up and it goes tan 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 tan. We stored this thing here, you know. So this is what it is. Excuse me, it has shifted. Fix the file path of your reality. In all things, God. I think that's the title of the message. So bow your head if you want to. Close your eyes if you want to. Reflect for, for, for a bit if you want to. Play through the things some of you have talked about tonight. Play through some of the things that you remember having happened to you. And see if you can get there by the Spirit of God where you can say in that thing, God. <laughs> and then we start to quash the beef. You can go home and have a meaningful conversation with your father tonight and say, Lord, I understand what you were doing. I don't see it fully, but I understand as you behind it. Three times Paul prayed, 2 Corinthians 12. Three times he prayed, take this thing, let this thing pass by me. And three times the Lord replied and told him, my grace, sufficient for you. So he says, therefore I will glory in my infirmities for when I'm weak, then I am strong. In all things, God, you delayed my scholarship, God. You frustrated my master's plan, God. I, I was this close to getting married. It fell through, God. I, I was pregnant, I was excited, I had a miscarriage, God. If you are chasing after the enemy to fix God to fix everything because you feel like whatever happened to you is from the enemy you are no different from the expert causes that Job was looking for are you saying that the devil cannot do anything no not outside God's will for the believer not outside God's will for the believer Are you saying I cannot be inflicted of the enemy not outside God's will for the believer? In all things, God, you wanted to go to that school. It didn't work. God, you were there. It was doing well. And God stood in your path like Stanley. God, everybody does it. It works. And you try it. It fails. God, you won't be here. You won't be alive. And now you can thank God for it. Now you can say thank you that that relationship didn't work. Now you can say thank you that I went through what I went through. Now you can say thank you in spite of the fact that my father died. Because I begin to see your working in the midst. It sounds ridiculous but it is you in the midst of it and you had me in mind. For I know the thoughts I have concerning you says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected and a future that you desire. 
For somebody, this is worth your time. I can't say the time. I don't know what it is. I know time is fast spent. But for somebody here, this was your night. This was your night to get real. To clean the slate out. Wipe it out and say, God, you know what? I let go is your thing. It's on you. And for somebody else here, don't let your father die first. For somebody else here, don't kill your mother. In the manner of speaking. For somebody here, don't lose your job first. For somebody else, don't be in a car crash first. Before you yield to the working of the spirit. For somebody here, don't let him bend and break you. In his love. For you to know that he has your attention. Learn from some of our stories. And yield before you need to be broken. Because if God is interested in you, he will break you. If God is interested in you, he will break you. Tribulation must produce perseverance. Perseverance must produce character. So guess what? You went through what you went through because God is fixated on you. You are going through what you're going through because God is interested in you. You're passing through what you're passing through because he's processing you. There's ministry in your affliction. And you stand and you can be confident like Paul in Philippians 1 and speak the gospel. Let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. You have no idea what God is doing. You can speak the gospel because he's processed you. Endurance fully develops you. Don't let him break you. Don't let him break you. Yield. Yield of your own accord and stop it. Stop it. Tell him, here I am. Here I am. I yield to you. The Muslim cannot be more respectful of the will of God than the believer. And he doesn't mean to afflict you. But it's part of the process to develop you. I will end with this. If you can't lift up your eyes, Job's mindset begins to change. And in chapter 23 in verse 10 of Job, Job begins to get it. I wrote this on the note on the Notice board of my prison wall. I wrote it large when I found out. And it was part of this end of my beef with God. Job, who chapter 3, cost the day he was born, says in chapter 23, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried Malika Subrada, I shall come forth as gold. Somebody's looking at me like you were in prison. <laughs> we're not preaching what we have not tested. For he knows the way that I take. He knows the death that I take. He knows the misfortune that I take. He knows the wrong accusation that I take. He knows the mess 
that I take. He knows the mistakes that I take. He, he knows the disappointments that I take. He knows the time wastage that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That is the end of your travail. Gold. That is the end of your crying. Glory. <laughs> so let him try. That is the end of it. That is the end of it. That's the end of it. So live here tonight fixated on the glories to follow. I said live here tonight fixated on the glories to follow because there are glories that are following this affliction. There's glories following this affliction. There's glories following this tribulation. There's, there's glory. There's hope that maketh not a shame. 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 There's hope that does not disappoint. And that hope is not in the father you lost. That hope is not in the child you lost. That hope is not in the job you lost. That hope is not in the admission you didn't get. That hope is not in the school you dropped out from. That hope is not in the person that broke your mind. That hope is not in the person that promised you and failed. That hope is not in what you have thought. Take your eyes off the hills. Hope was not disappointed. Strengthen yourself, child. Strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself. Girdle up your loins. Strengthen your feeble hands. Draw strength. Draw strength. Hold somebody's hand if you can next to you. Draw strength. Draw strength. Draw strength from your brother, from your sister, from your spouse, from your friend. Draw strength. Strengthen your feeble hands. Quicken yourself. You can't give up now. Put an end to the pain. Put an end to the beef. Hold someone. Hold someone. It's been tough. It's been rough. You feel abandoned, rejected, neglected. No one's there for you. Nobody remembers you. No one can help you. Everybody gets help except you because God is on your matter. Everybody gets assistance except you because God is on your matter. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.